0: Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage, and with me is Mr. T.J. Smith. Hey, hey, hey. And our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. What's up, guys? Guys, hush. We have a guest. You're going to do do that all year, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) All year. New year, new bit. I'm always going to interrupt you when we have a guest. Uh, Okay. I'm really excited about this. Uh, this is uh, someone, I guess, I don't know. We all, I always do this, where I like build up the introduction like the people listening to the podcast don't read the description before they start. From Wolves at the Gate and Project 86 and a bunch of other things that we're going to get into, uh, we have Abishai Collingsworth.
1: Woo! The crowd the crowd go wild. Yeah, we're
0: going to sweeten this. We're going to add in some crowd sound <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So hey awesome. buddy. How's it going? Hey man. Haven't seen you since the 20 year high school reunion. What's up?
0: <laughs> I didn't get invited. I didn't go to the high school reunion. So I think I missed I, out.
1: I got invited, but I um fortunately had other plans already planned. <laughs> and so I had an excuse to not go.
0: That's good. I feel a little a little <laughs> weird that I didn't get invited. I didn't want to go, but I wanted to be asked.
1: To go, I, are you? No, you must have been that. No,
0: I was not. I received no, no sort of invitation or, or anything.
1: I Ouch. think it was a. You must not be on MySpace anymore. <laughs> That's the problem. It was. It was. It was, it was
2: actually exclusively on MySpace. It was. Because. I think it was
1: personally. Sp- personally sent to your mind like you should have you shouldn't have got at least three invitations so I should. that's your I that's say. your own fault that's your own fault for not checking your inbox but.
0: that's true i have not checked my inbox in a very long time so for listeners that are unaware uh abishai we went to middle school and high school together yeah i remember us being uh good buddies in ninth grade science class oh yeah and then uh our circles drifted apart. <laughs> what happened? This is that's all this is. It's just an attempt. Yeah, and we're trying to reconnect <laughs> like What like, the what, hell what happened, happened, dude? I A thought debrief. we were
1: friends. <laughs> Honestly, post- I don't know what happened in high post-mortem. school. I I was trying to let my um wings, you know, spread and fly and try to find who I was, but I I was looking in all the wrong places, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Clearly
1: oh. clearly not in the circle that you belong to. Nope. Um, <laughs> so circle down. of one. <laughs> no, I was ta- I was talking with th- th- someone about this the other day because I I feel like I never really be- belonged to a certain group in high school. Like, right? Even for lunchtime, sometimes I would end up every single day at a different table. Like, it wouldn't right. be the same people. And I, th- th- there was an aspect of that that I really liked. It almost felt like a drifter. Like I was just like. A vagabond, right. just like trying to find my way in these other people's groups.
3: I mean, variety is the spice of life, right? Absolutely. You were mixing it up, keeping it fresh.
1: I was, I was trying to, but then there's a sense of like not, yeah, not finding your core group of people. In a sense, I think I've, I've eventually found it, but just searched a little too long.
0: Yeah, I, but you know, I don't know. We, we don't have to get into all of that, but I feel like. If you find your core group, like it's very rare that people find their core group in high school and like sure. stick with it. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm an oddity as well. I found these two fools in college. Yeah. So. But I say
2: yeah. Uh, someone who's <laughs> talking to my high, my college friends. I would say that's probably true. <laughs> that's high school cute. and college are different, buddy. They're I different, really like that.
1: True. I really like that about
0: you guys. Yeah. Thanks man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. We, we, uh, we were, we were friends a while. So, okay, enough about us. No one cares about us. Everyone is here to listen to you and not about all this That's why I'm bullshit. here. I'll say I that. hope
1: not. They're going to be really let down if they can't listen to me. Gosh.
0: <laughs> uh, no, it's, it, it's, it's going to be fine. We're going to ease you into this interview. Okay, so our podcast is deep diving into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. And I want to know sort of your story with that. Like growing up, did you just listen to Christian music? Were you exposed to it later? Like what, what's your story with that?
1: Yeah, that's my musical journey was really interesting because I've tried to like pinpoint it several times and I don't really know where it, it all began. But um my dad never really listened to music. So I remember like vividly, anytime I rode with my dad in his truck, he was listening to either <laughs> Spanish uh, audio tapes, like cassette tapes, because he was trying to learn Spanish. Okay, um, so he was like audibly, audibly yeah, speaking out loud. It'd be like, "This is how you say this word," and he would say it. Or for if you grew up in Northwest Arkansas, there was a thing called Kerms Dial Trade, which was mm-hmm. the radio station prior to Craigslist. So you would call oh, wow. this, you would, you would literally call this, this Sounds line. was like a very like,
2: Arkansas thing.
1: Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was like, yeah, I got this 1970 Chevy pickup, you know, <laughs> it's in pretty good condition. You know, might need a little bit of love. You know, I'm asking, you know, six grand for it. You know, here's my number. <laughs> and you'd leave your number and then someone could call that number and make you an offer on your truck. Or if you're like, you have something for sale, you could call and list it or on the opposite if you're interested in something you could call and be like oh I'm I'm in search of fill in the blank That's and weird. then if someone had what you were looking for you would leave your number and they could call you. <laughs> so we listened we listened to that for hours and you I worked, always I worked,
2: knew what was on the market.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so I, I worked construction with my dad so like we listened to that nonstop and then on my mom's side she listened to anybody else in NWA listen to KLRC which is like the yeah. local christian um like really cheesy we call it KLR cheese that's so yeah. good <laughs> it was just all <laughs> it was all the classic like you know newsboys like mercy me and yeah mercy and me all that Chapman. all that stuff <laughs> exactly and she was wanting to protect our ears from secular music as they call it so yeah, my, my initial introduction into music was, was my mom. And it was, she, she was protect, like, I don't think it was like, you can only listen to this, but she was very protective of what we watched and what we listened to for sure.
0: Sense I think we all relate to that to a certain extent. Oh yeah. Yep. So what was like the, what was your first introduction to like alternative Christian music? You know where,
3: like,
2: or just something that caught your
3: ear that you liked. Like, what
0: was your like?
2: Oh, I like this.
3: And why was it Britney Spears?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think this one. She shaved her head. Yep, that was a big. I think that was the first moment. (laughs) No, I think I think the wedding. It was either spoken or the wedding that really like the 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 first two bands because they were like Arkansas bands, Mm -hmm. and it was something that fit in the genre that I was allowed to listen to, but it sounded more in the lines of what I wanted to listen to. So kind of, it was the perfect match of like, Hey mom, like this is gets your approval, right? They're like a Christian band, but it's like a rock band that I would choose to listen to. Yeah.
0: We, we just did our, our interview with Kevin a few weeks ago and then we covered, uh, the wedding's self-titled album, oh, and that I, just, so like, good. I just like—I just like I I, literally record. the whole episode. I just like fanboyed out. It was like I could not be objective about it at all. I'm like, yeah, this song rocks. <laughs> yeah, of course, this song is like the best song because it was also for me like a big introduction, uh, to like that kind of like emo pop punk like rock music. Cause and I was allowed to listen to them because they played oh, yeah. big church at our church one time. Of course, so, so
1: awesome.
0: I could buy the CD there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that record holds a very special place in my heart. And I yeah, anytime we would play like local shows and the wedding would play, we like those were always the shows we tried to play. And they were like to us, they were like hometown heroes. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like anytime we For played sure. the music, the music hall in Fayetteville, they were the hometown here. And that, that was like for a, for a while after my mom would, it was always KLRC or the wedding. She'd yeah. keep their CD because I, because she started to nice. like, you know, be, become a little bit more open-minded. So That's that so was, good. that was fun to watch her transition to that.
0: So let's transition a little bit then into your musical career. Uh, how did you get started? I mean, do we do we start with the overseer? Do we start earlier than that? What? How yeah. do you get started playing drums?
1: Oh my! I think my parents were tired of of hearing me bang on tables and pots and pans, and they were <laughs> like, "Can can we just? Is there a way to, for you to not do this all the time?" <laughs> and so they bought they bought me a drum set for my birthday. I started playing when I was like fourteen. And we had, my parents had a rental house, like a few doors down from us. So they kept it there. So like, if you want to play oh, this, that's smart. you have to that get out of smart. the house and go down there. And it was like a back little room. Um, And of course I was too lazy to walk two doors down. So it just sat there and <laughs> gathered dust until, you know, like a year later, I finally convinced them to let me move it into our basement. Nice. Which is a terrible idea because it's just concrete and it's so right. loud. <laughs> Free
3: for
1: <laughs>
2: acoustics.
1: But yeah, I, 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 I started playing there and then eventually like people at church caught wind and they're like, oh, you, you should play drums for a youth group. Like we need a drummer. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't really know how to play drums. Like <laughs> I'm, I just got a drum set. So I'm trying to learn how to play. And they're All like, right. well, our drum, you know, our drummer's sick this week. So we, like you could just sit in. Even if you just play little stuff, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it and never I matters I, for youth group. It's oh, always just gosh. like, oh,
0: you can, you have a modicum of like any sort of musical experience. You held a yeah, drumstick before.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, what kind yeah, of drum
0: kit was it? That first one? It do you remember? was
1: a uh, BC. Okay. It was like literally a no, a no name, and then it was a, and then I upgraded to a PDP eventually. A little bit. I was gonna
3: say, I've never heard of that.
1: I've yeah, it was. It was just. It was like a hundred books <laughs> that my parents found at a garage sale. It was and great. They
3: built it before Christ. So. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: A hundred, a hundred years previous to when. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I love how much confidence that youth group had in me. So I sat in on a rehearsal. And they were like, "Oh yeah, this song you can just do like cymbal stuff, like cymbal swells and all this." And yeah, I vividly remember sitting through like half of a song, and then feeling so embarrassed that I just stood up and I walked out. Oh, (laughs) well, like I walked out of of yeah of the practice because I like I don't know what I'm doing. I feel so uncomfortable. Mm. I don't want to be up here. This is bad for me. Um, Yeah, but then eventually over time, I practiced and got better and better and learned songs and started off playing for church and youth group and then ended up meeting a few guys in church that wanted to play music who were like same kind of interests, you know, into the wedding, into spoken and then eventually getting into heavier bands. And we had a band called The Thesis. That was my first, I, mean, I was 15, it was called Thesis, which is a terrible band name, but we thought it was sick. I
0: think I had, I think I had a, the Thesis, if I didn't have a a T t-shirt, I at least had a, the Thesis bumper sticker nice. that I had on my guitar case, <laughs> all like through high school when we were playing shows too.
1: It's one of those moments you look back and you just cringe. It just, it, <laughs> you feel, you're like, why the did we thief. think that was, that was the one <laughs> but anyways, yeah, we, we had that band for probably two years, and we played a few shows, and I think we printed one round of shirts. We printed, like, 50 shirts, and then that band quickly fell apart, and we got a few different people, and the overseer kind of came out of the thesis. We had a few of the same members. Yeah, we, we started touring, and, like, right out of high school – So that was like 2007, 2008 for me. And there's a lot of stories intertwined into all this, but yeah, started playing with them and the goal was always to get signed by solid state. Great goal. Like tooth and nail. Yeah. That was like always the goal. And then, in yeah, 2011, we signed with them, put out a record 2012 and then put out a record 2014 and then did our last tour. So. Nice. And then it, yeah, kind of projected from there because then I met other people like the D's and Wolves at the Gate. And then, yeah, I guess 2014, did my first tour with Wolves and have been playing with them since.
2: That's crazy. The transition from right there. It's yeah. cool because uh, I met Kylan. Kylan and I were roommates in college. And whenever, like, we met, he's like, oh, yeah, I know this guy. Like, I know these guys in this band called The Overseer. They're from, like, my high school. And they're, like, they're they're heavy. They're really trying to get, like, signed on Solid State. And I was like, oh, cool. That's, like, sweet. And then, like. Hey, good it luck. Took, it took, like, a, <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see about that. But, like, I was like, oh, cool. And then, like, two years later, like, y'all, I remember seeing, like, oh, The Overseer got signed <laughs> to Solid State. Like, this is so cool. So I was like. It, it was, was a, cool. Getting to it was see a vicarious rags to riches story. Yeah, first. yeah, but it was it was just really <laughs> cool because I was like, like I would known about your story for like at least like two years prior, and then y'all did get signed and then put out records on Solid State. I was like, oh, sweet, good for them, good for those guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a really cool like moment for us because that was all the all the music we listened to kind of fit into that like tooth and nail Solid State. Because I think for all like all the dudes in the overseers, the same thing. Like all of our parents um weren't like super strict, but I think they would prefer us to listen to Christian music. So it was like, oh, we found this label that all the bands right. fit into that. And they're more on the rock, like, you know, hardcore like metal side. Right. So this right. is this is perfect. So it was almost like a built-in fan base of like any band that came out on that record, it was like cool. Like, I'll just check them out. Yeah, it was like yeah. kind of, it's kind of a lazy way to find music, but it was like cool. Like, any, I'll just keep an eye on this record label, and if they put out another band, I'll check them out.
2: Yes, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, uh, at least that's how I tended to find music for a while. Yeah, between Solid State, Tooth and Nail, Victory Records, Drive Through Records, it was like, oh well, yeah, anything that they put out, oh, yeah. that's like that fits the vibe that I'm
1: that I'm looking well, for. It,
2: yeah, and anything that they did, you're like, we're on the same wavelength. Like, I'll probably be a fan if they put it out like it's probably good.
1: There's a few there, there's a few. <laughs> there's a few there's a few duds, but, you know, for the most part, yeah. Reason, yeah. Well,
2: and it's it's y'all were kind of like in that definitely that transition period for Tooth and Nail and Solid State where they kind of like lost some big bands off their roster and then just like Obviously, like 2010 and whatnot, like the whole music industry was just changing so vastly. And like they lost a lot of people and then they like went independent again finally. But there was a yeah. while where they had like a pretty slim roster. But y'all were like in that time where it's like there isn't much on their roster, but the overseers there, along with like ABR was still there in that time and mm-hmm. other some other people. So y'all were holding it down during the during the tough times.
1: yeah we were like five years too late and 10 years too early is what we always said
2: (laughs) yeah honestly (laughs) like if if we would
1: have been if we would have been a band five years earlier or 10 years like 10 like now Mm. it would have been a completely different story but we were we existed in a very unfortunate time where it didn't really yeah didn't really work out for us all too well it was a very short-lived uh band career but that's okay
0: okay because you know you just you move on to the next thing that's something you know as as people that have also all tried to quote-unquote make it in the music industry it's just (laughs) uh just gotta keep going just find just find the next thing so yeah so then uh you get into wolves at the gate and Mm -hmm. what's next tell us what's next i'm on the edge of my seat you what's guys. next
2: <laughs> starting now <laughs>
1: well, we'll today stay- is day one what's next
0: sure let's let, no, no um know. tell me about like your experience uh playing in that and then like connecting with other bands because
1: you know with other bands and stuff was too, that but... a
2: quick transition for like overseer ended and then wolves were like hey we need a drummer and then you just went right into that
1: uh kind of the, there's a lot of like i said there's a lot of really interesting stories that intertwine throughout that period but The Overseer's last tour was summer of 2014, and it was with August Burns Red and Wolves at the Gate. So, yeah, the Overseer ended touring with Wolves at the Gate, and then I... The Overseer never necessarily said, like, oh, this is our last tour, we're done. We could just all just feel it. Like, there was this moment of, like, what are we doing? Right. And right after that... that,
2: Was it, like touring was too much or just was different than y'all expected or like the money wasn't kind of like, what was it that made y'all feel that way?
1: <laughs> I think there was a few different things, but the biggest thing was um, our bass player was going to have a baby. Mm. And so That's we all happened. kind of, we were all kind of like, do we want to find a new bass player and keep this going? Or is it now time to be like, okay, we're done. Cause I yeah. think we all knew when he when he told us it was like yeah we don't want to do this without you and i mm-hmm. think this this is a a pretty good like in to this band um like doing that tour with, with abr was was sick it was like this we can just end on a good note and be like be proud of what we did and we can like go on to the next thing kind of thing yeah um i think that was the biggest part of it but we were all kind of burnt out and i don't think you know everyone was on the same page anymore and it, i think it was just time to move on right yeah so, i get that so yeah we did that tour and then it was very shortly after that tour like maybe a month later a band called the ongoing concept which is also a younger band on solid state called me and was like because I, I think i posted something after that it was like you know, I'm available for hire or something like that. Like, Hey, if you need a drummer, let me know. And they needed a drummer for a tour. They were opening up for, it was a co co headliner with Hawthorne Heights and red jumpsuit apparatus.
2: Nice. So I was like, they were like,
1: <laughs> Hey, do you want to do this tour? And I was like, yeah, sure. And it was sick. And the first week of that tour, I get a call from Steve from wolves at the gate. And he's like, Hey, we need a drummer for this tour in the fall. I was like, "Oh man, I just committed to doing this other tour. Like, I don't think I can do it." And he was like, "Oh man, it's a bummer." And I was like, "Well, like, when when is it?" And He told me the date, and the date was a day after. Oh my god! The,
2: <laughs>
1: the current tour ended. That's or crazy. there was sorry, there was one day in between. So it was like the last <laughs> <rest> day, day. <laughs> of the, the last day of the ongoing concept, and off day, and then the first day of the Wolves tour. And I was like, "Let me think about it," and then. For whatever reason, I came back and I was like, I'll do it. So I did a four-week tour with Ongoing Concept, and I tried to learn the songs on that tour. And yeah, (laughs) yeah, the last last day of that tour, we played in Florida. The show ended, we packed up, we said our goodbyes. They dropped me off at the airport at like 1 o'clock, and they left. And I stayed overnight at the airport, flew to Dallas. We had a rehearsal and then started the, the next day <laughs> you had one with, rehearsal
2: with and then went on tour
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i would never recommend that to anybody that was <laughs> that was terrible that was <laughs> the worst decision <laughs> yeah, but i was a kid true, i was like man. 20 23 right. 24 so i was yeah i was single and i was
0: what else are you here and like yeah
1: i was if you i was ambitious
0: if you want to play drums, like, yeah, here you go. Here's your chance to play drums. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. And I think I just had a really hard time saying no at that time because yeah. that's what I wanted to do. And it was a really cool... Yeah, you're
3: hungry, right? Like, you're, like, excited about it and motivated.
1: Exactly. And that was, like, a really cool tour for them because it was, it was bands that I knew and uh, people that I knew. Because they were doing a tour. It was, like, Fit for a King, Gideon, Being as an Ocean... And then some other, like, opening band. But it was cool because, like, I knew some of those guys. So, like, oh, this is going to be a really fun tour. Outside of just playing drums, it's, like, more of... Fun people to hang hang
0: out with. Yeah, Yeah,
1: hanging out with people that I've already um, had friendships with. And then all the drummers on that tour were just so sick. So I got to learn a lot from being around them. For sure.
2: No, the, uh, you saying about being ambitious, like, I definitely remember it was like a thing where I would just like watch videos and be like, oh, there's Abishai playing drums for this band. And then I watched another video for a band like, oh, there's Abishai again. Like, <laughs> You're like you, you were just like, you were, you were like
0: a little like n- metal, hardcore Forrest Gump.
2: Whore? <laughs> are, you, are, you, are, you, are you trying to call me a whore?
0: <laughs> no, you, you were ambitious and driven. Those yeah, were the well words. Connected, we used, right? Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, they weren't like janky bands. I'm like, why is Aversha but like, oh, there's a Project 86 6 video and is there. Sweet.
1: Like Yeah, I've been I've been called a horror timer too. And I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to be, but and you just I think
3: you just playing drums, man. <laughs> you just see the
1: opportunities, man. People need and solid drummers to take them. Yeah. Yeah, we well, always I think need a that, solid drummer. I honestly, like my intentions are pure, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> No, like I would always be up front of just like, Hey, like I'm not looking to join another band know, mm-hmm. I'll help out for as long as I can. Um, and most of the, the bands that I filled in for had a drummer. They just couldn't do right. that specific tour, at yeah. least at the, at the moment. Like Becoming the Archetype, I think had a drummer. I just, I did a few tours with them. Ongoing Concept had a drummer. Wolves the Gate like had a drummer that got married and he was on his honeymoon. And then I filled in and he was supposed to come back, but he never did.
0: That's a long honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it must have been good. <laughs> still still waiting, still waiting for him to come back.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, I, I, I try to communicate like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to help where I can. But it was with the intent of like, oh, yeah, you guys have a drummer. I just want to help fill in the gap where you need it. Right. Um. you guys want to accept this opportunity your drummer can't do it uh, yeah let me help where I can but yeah
2: I think that's awesome especially like if you could then like that's it's just a sweet thing to just be making those connections playing with different bands like I'm curious about like I'm the only one here who's not a drummer but like <laughs> going through the process of like learning all those band songs like I don't know what's that like when you're hopping around with so many different bands and one, how are you learning all those songs? And then just able to like switch between like, okay, I'm playing and becoming the archetype songs right now, but then I need to jump over to doing some P86 stuff. And then I need to jump back to doing some like wolf stuff. Like how do you, how do you juggle all that?
1: Yeah, that, that's something that I, I definitely stress myself out about because I obsess over wanting to be, like overly prepared. And I don't know if it's like a part of my personality. to just like, oh, I want to, I want to show up. I want to be professional. Like, I don't want you guys to have to worry about me. I want you guys to, to trust that I'm going to show up and know the songs and know the material. Um, But yeah, I, I spend a lot of time um making sure I show up and I will like chart out the songs and practice them as many times as I can before I show up. Cause I made them. I made the mistake of like trying to learn the songs mentally and then show up and try to play them. And you're like, this is way different. You can right. air drum a song, but then when you sit down and actually try to play it, you're like, this is this requires a lot more. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah,
0: I know. Well, especially in in the the genre that, that you play with, that is so like technically drum heavy. Uh, um, so that actually, I yeah, I was curious. Like, did you ever like? take any like drum lessons are you all self-taught is it just how how do you how do you go about doing what you do? Sorry, I've totally lost my train of thought. I
1: (laughs) yeah no I I was fortunate to like start playing drums right around the time that like YouTube was starting to become a thing. See
0: that's what's up.
1: So like I never actually took a formal drum lesson but I watched hundreds of like YouTube tutorials on um, drum fills or like breakdowns of certain grooves or certain band songs. I definitely like nerded out on that. Like, uh, I really want to learn how to play this thing, but I, I think I'm more of like a visual person. So like, if I watch somebody play, I think I can sit down and learn it, but sometimes hearing it, if if it's at a certain speed, right. Yeah. It's like hard to detect like exactly what's happening Mm -hmm. as far as like, you know,
0: when you're trying to learn these songs, do do these bands send you like like do they just send you like here's our set list or do they do they send you like just full tracks or do they send you stems so you can like break those down, break them apart, or do you do you just listen a bunch and like how what's your process with that?
1: They'll just send the set list. Okay. Yeah, I, I wished I'd be sick if they sent everything separate. <laughs> how helpful. Uh, they're like, there's actually a video of our old drummer teaching you exactly how to play <laughs> <Yeah. these." laughs> Um, but I, I will definitely look up YouTube videos of live shows. Nice. Like anytime I got a uh, an opportunity or a gig, I would look up because I, I played for this guy named Colton Dixon for like a year and did it like tours with him. And he would; they would send me a, a few songs. And I'm like, oh, I really want to know what they do live. And so I would just, you know, YouTube their live set and and see exactly how the drummer did it. Mm-hmm. So when I showed up, and I showed up and and played it, they're like, oh, cool! They're like, it feels like you know what we're doing. And and I was like, yeah, I kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I spent too much time on YouTube, but <laughs> that's, so,
0: that's so cool, though.
1: I love do you that. ever watch like
2: the videos of people like drum cover of this band. And like you watch <laughs> covers of people doing.
1: Oh yeah. I've watched, I've watched endless YouTube. It's un unfortunate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy to think like you could do a drum cover, like, Oh, here's me playing this wolves at the gate song. And like, you could be watching and be like, I actually need to learn how to play this song <laughs> in this band. I'm watching yeah. this guy on YouTube play this. Like,
1: yeah, Exactly. Like, I wish the old drummer would have done that. Like, what's the gate cover and then I could watch him <laughs> play it and then
0: he doesn't have time to do that when he's when he's on his honeymoon.
2: He doesn't have
1: time. Yeah, to that would have that would have saved me a lot of time. A lot well, of time. Well, my question energy.
2: is, do you pay it forward Abishai? Are you doing that now for whichever drummer replaces you and
1: Yeah, that's a really that's a really good idea actually. Yeah.
3: Hey y'all, not to derail from the amazing episode that we're right in the middle of, but I love Collide Records. Can I just say that? I of love them. You can. I think they're incredible. And I think that as our, you know, major sponsor, I think Josh loves them too. I'm pretty sure. Well, Josh is that, the whole
0: reason they are a sponsor. Uh, yeah, because Josh loves Collide. I Records. do. It is true. Right.
3: <laughs> and he put his money where his mouth is. And I think he was gonna tell us about it. I Was would, that right, Josh?
0: That's true. He interrupted our conversation to say, "Hold on, I have we props. Can, I, do so. have props. <laughs> I do have
2: props for my ad. You can hear that right now. Oh, <gasps> I you can hear that foley right <gasps> oh, yeah, work! What is it? Oh, I'll tell you. Okay, so I want to give you a little bit of a backstory here. In 2014, Amberlin releases their farewell and final album, Lowborn. And when mm, they wow. release it on CD, there are seven different album covers that they come out with. Oh, yeah, the variants. different variants. They're they're okay. Two are really cool. Two I like. They have like these, the fingers that have like the paint on it. If you know on Spotify, like the main album cover is this gray one with orange paint. So whenever this album came out, they're all on the shelf. But I'm like, I want to make sure that I have the one that is like the official one. So I get this one. <laughs> But then the (laughs) years go by and I'm like, that orange one with like the purple paint is super sick. And I was like, (laughs) "Ah, like, I kind of regret getting just like the standard regular version. And then last year, long before we're in talks with Collide of becoming a sponsor, I'm perusing their site and they have Lowborn on sale on CD. So I email and this is my first time talking with Greg, the owner, who's super great. And I email him, I'm like, hey, I'm just curious, Like, what album covers do you have of Lowborn? And he is very quick to respond and get, sends me a picture of four different ones that they have in stock, and lo and behold, they have the orange one with the purple Ooh, paint that I, I had been it. like for years of feeling like, nice. I should have got that one instead, I really regretted it. And he had it in it stock, and I bought it from him at a great price, and it shipped super quickly, and now... I have both and I'm one very happy to have this copy of the record but also very happy to genuinely promote and support collide records who is just super great. So I will I'll stop right now but <laughs> the funny thing is
0: like as much as this like sounds like an ad for listeners that you know that haven't been your friend Josh for like 15 years this is something like you would just you would just I Toss would just talk like about this. This, this on is the just a podcast. regular like, conversation. <laughs> guys, <laughs> I have you, these
2: two sweet low yeah. low-born covers. <laughs> like you would do
0: this, even if Collide Records wasn't a sponsor. This oh, is yeah. just like this is pure unadulterated Josh.
3: Collide ads are basically just being friends with Josh. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's just an opportunity
2: for me to gush,
0: <laughs> which is great. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that that that's incredible. That's so cool, and that just speaks <laughs> to like how awesome greg is and how awesome collide records is that this was like an album that was ostensibly like you you didn't get at the time and then you just messaged him and he had it and sold it to you like that's just that that seems kind of rare especially in the world of like online shopping with like yeah and it wasn't a chat bot right right. it was like a
3: (laughs) real human that got back to you quickly had the thing you needed. And it, yeah, he wasn't it just like,
2: you, oh, right. I have like these covers. Like, he could have just like written them out, but he pulled them all out and took a picture of them. Like, I got these. I'm like, That's so oh, cool. yes. Wow. That's so cool. That's the one I want.
3: Ooh.
0: I love that.
2: So, if our
0: listeners want to check out Collide Records, we have a promo code. So, if you go to colliderecords.com, anything over there that tickles your fancy, put it in your cart. And as you're checking out, if you use the promo code Church all one word you'll get 20% off your purchase which is insane i Church just love window. it it's so cool yeah so please everyone go check out colliderecords.com use the promo code churchiams now for 20% off your first purchase and let's get back to
2: it which i could you could go either way hardest easiest like for bands and or songs like what were some of the more difficult or easy songs or like just bands to learn mm. Do you have any like standouts
1: well like some of the wolf songs were pretty tough to learn and then some of the like honestly the yeah the project 86 stuff i think like timing wise and then yeah there's a lot actually like becoming archetype some of the like really metal stuff there's stuff a that's lot technical, of double yeah like double kick and it not all in four four So it's, it's mainly like memorizing like where the hits are and the, and like when the timing changes, but that was, yeah, probably the more technical. And then the wedding, like, so the wedding did like a polarity reunion show Mm -hmm. and I played drums for, and I like, I already knew that record pretty (laughs) well. I was, (laughs) I was already a fan of their band. So I'm like, stick, like I could sit in right now. Mm -hmm. There's like a few parts that I'm like, I'd have to sit down and actually learn. Um, that was pretty, yeah, familiar. So it made it easy. And then, yeah, the Colton Dixon stuff was was very basic. A lot of like drum pad, like SPDS stuff, and hmm. um, minimal drums on certain songs. But yeah, I, I would say the more metal stuff because, like, truly, like I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't like claim to be a metal drummer. I kind of just got stuck in that world and yeah project 86 i i just recorded an ep for them like last weekend and they're doing like this what they're calling the brutality ep yeah
2: okay nice you're on that
1: it's super heavy and super fast and like super technical and purposefully it's like ironic like it's like ironically heavy (laughs) like this is not you're not going to hear this and be like oh this sounds like a cool new project Eighty Six song it's like what it, it sounds like mashuga, meets, you know, some like <laughs> wow. speed, you, you know, like it's like crazy, and and I, that's not my that's not my style of drumming, but it was fun to play it because it was like a fun challenge, and also like mm-hmm. yeah, I could like um, kind of have fun with some of the some of the parts, but so that that stuff like I, to my core, I don't think uh, that's the drummer I would want to be. Right. Um, even even though some of my roots I would say like when I first started playing, um like started off with that crutch of having a double kick and really wanting to be Matt Griner. Um, yeah. so I'd buy you know too many zill bills and <laughs> try to do too many, yeah, fast fills, just <laughs> unnecessary. But
3: well that leads me to an interesting question because you've been we've we've been talking around this a little bit and i'd like to get right to the heart of it and and you might even answer in a way that's a little bit different than the way i present the question and you're welcome to kind of take it however you like but as a as a drummer myself that's my primary instrument i think of drumming as a spectrum and everybody kind of falls somewhere on this spectrum and the extremes are like hyper technical drummers right and that's that's your metal um maybe even like latin drumming like a lot of it is actually very technical sure not to say that other types of drummers can't play those parts obviously that you know that's kind of something you've spoken to a little bit is like i don't see myself as this kind of drummer but i can do these parts right i can play these songs and then there's feel based drumming which i would kind of put like (laughs) rock or like Maybe jazz, but I don't know. Jazz is also kind of like yes. a, a combo. It's on both, it's on like both ends. And, and there, there's
0: an side. understanding of technicality to all of right. Vibe <laughs> and technicality.
1: have you heard of the movement? <laughs> <laughs> what? Nothing. I didn't say anything.
3: <laughs> you you'll just have to help me understand. Was that a was that a reference I missed?
1: I I said, are you aware of the movement? And I don't know where what it's from, but we some friends have made that joke anytime he plays like a uh an uh, like a wrong chord it's like a he called it a jazz chord and he's right, like oh I are see. you where <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that wasn't a wrong chord that was We're jazz. Going places. No, it's jazz yeah it's this jazz. is this is so, jazz, creativity <laughs> i don't even know if right in front of, a, of you I don't even know if it's an inside joke. I thought it was a movie quote, and I thought you guys might get it, but I don't even know if it is. I'm anymore. so sorry that I
3: stopped you right in your tracks with that. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, and you character. just
1: called
2: him out hard, hard, TJ.
0: I was wow. just confused. Wow, you're
3: Frankly, <laughs> I was just lost. I was lost in a forest <laughs> of drum references, and y'all had to help me find my way back, so thank you.
1: But, well, yeah, would you face. put
3: yourself somewhere on the spectrum for me between the technical extreme over here on the right side and... And the feel-based drumming extreme on the left side, because I don't think, I don't think it's a binary. I don't think you're one or the other. I think you can be like both, even like we talked about, like jazz. But um, yeah, where would you sort of place yourself?
1: Yeah, I think the more that I play drums, I'm definitely more Mm feel-based because I, especially like if we're playing the songs live, like I'm all about feel, like. I don't yeah. care if it's technical as long as it feels like if it's tasteful, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and that's been a thing that I've learned over time because yeah, I remember like like listening back to like very first demos that I recorded drums on. And it was definitely more uh on the technical side of like this is it feels like it's overplayed, it drowns out things, it's it's so unnecessary. There's so much double kick. I have too many zil bells. What am I thinking? <laughs> this is, this doesn't even this doesn't even make sense to the song. It was just trying to like be a little showy, right? And I think the more that I've grown, yeah, grown as a drummer, grown as a musician, uh, m- matured as a musician, I think I've realized like, okay, what can I write rhythmically as a drummer to serve the song best that feels yep. right, um, but it's also like if it gets to a part that has space and you know has room for fills like how can i write a tasteful fill instead of just writing a super busy fill that someone's going to be like oh wow that was so cool like i can't believe <laughs> right. how fast he played um i would rather try to write something that's more like interesting and unique rather than uh like busy and technical
3: and like impressive on a technical level yeah
1: yeah especially like in the metal world cuz i feel like standard standard metal drummers like if you default to like if if a if a guitar player programs drums for a song like a riff they play they Mm -hmm. always default to certain things which is like most drummers default to those same fills you know like or like blast beats or whatever (laughs) it's like this feels like a very it's almost like, yeah, it's, just like default, like second nature. Like this, this is just what I should play instead right, of right. Uh, being like an active, like, Oh no, I want to write something here that feels right for this part instead of just going, you know? Yep. So I'm, yeah, I'm tr- i yeah, I want to be more aware and like listen to the part and try to write something that's, that fits the part rather than just doing, yeah, like an impressive technical fast, Feel.
0: i think that's a sign of maturity in in musicians i feel like we all want to like overplay when we're in our 20s mm-hmm. and then like you hit your 30 it's like like as a songwriter it's like the cliche of like like for me like everyone does a country album at some point and it's mm-hmm. because it's like all these people realize like oh i don't need to do all of this crazy stuff just three chords in the truth it's like it's like, yeah, once you get that kind of technical overplaying out of your system, then you can, you can, you have that base to rely on and then yeah. you can just, you can vibe out a little bit and play more interesting stuff.
3: Yeah. And just yeah. understanding what, like, what a song is. Like, Yeah, it's it's not soloing the whole time for every instrument or any instrument, right? But like, it has movement and dynamism. And right. sometimes that means playing minimalistic parts, whether it's a fill or a groove or whatever,
1: yeah, that's what exactly what I was gonna say. Just like learning that the song as a whole, it's like, what, what are you going to do that makes the song as a whole better, right? Instead of just like, oh, I need to do like a really cool like drum solo at this part, like that's that's unnecessary. You don't need to do that. Yeah. But as a sixteen-year-old kid. I did need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. Had to you do just do want to it. play blast beats and you yeah. had to do it well, to learn yeah, you, that you didn't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. But you, like you see, yeah, you see your friends in the crowd, like you're playing a show, you see your friends in the crowd or you see like other drummers and like, Oh, I want to play something that like impresses them. Right. So you do something that's so far out of the song. um. That, yeah, I think like, over time you definitely learn to cool your jets brother for sure for sure brother
2: well i'm curious how like you're the guy that bands call and stuff like that and you play in all these bands or like you've played with all these bands but like wolves at least right now and for a while is being like it seems to be like the one band that you seem to be like actively like writing with and i'm curious Mm -hmm. like how that is of like you you're playing a lot with a lot of bands but like But you're writing and like contributing more, at least what I assume, to wolves. Like how does that like how does that play that dynamic there? How does that affect your writing with wolves?
1: Yeah, so well, that's interesting too, because like I'm the only one that lives in Nashville. So we all actually live in different states. Hmm. So like Steve lives in New Jersey, Ben lives in Indianapolis, Nick lives in Ohio, and Joey lives in San Diego. So we're like so far spread apart right but usually steve and joe will work on demos um i would say more steve than joe but he will program rough parts just kind of like get the point across and then send them out to everybody and then he'll send me a version without drums to be like here's the song do you have any ideas and so i like i'll use logic pro and just program little ideas and send them back hmm. and we'll fully write over Dropbox or just like yeah, the internet, right. I guess. And just, which is a really
2: kind of thing.
1: Yeah. It's, it's kind of a bittersweet thing. Cause yeah, the overseer would, would like physically we'd all get in a room and this was kind of before you could just put a demo in logic or something, but right. Um, our guitar player Darren would just show up and be like, hey, I've been work on this riff, and he would just play it. And then I would play drums to it, and we would try to work it out like in real time, mm-hmm. which there's there's pros and cons to that. You know, like it definitely takes more time, but the natural response to something can be cool, and especially when people um get excited about it and can build off for of that. For sure. But the cool thing about the demos is like. He's sending a a pretty complete idea Hmm. of like, here's a minute of a song. Here's the uh, main intro riff. Here's like kind of what a chorus idea would be. And here's what like a verse idea would be. What do you guys think? And then if you have, you know, ideas or if you have rhythmic ideas or drums, like program those and send them back and then we'll build off of that. So yeah, most of our writing, except for like, we try to do once a year, we all get together and play. Um, We usually meet in Columbus. That's like their central, like stomping grounds. Yeah. And they have a buddy that has a studio there that has a space that we can set up and just jam. So nice. We try to do that once a year, but.
3: But you like the kind of like Dropbox, like remote writing thing because it gives, am I hearing this right? Like it gives you sort of the space to bring fully fledged ideas to a song that's already kind of structured, but you still then have the chance to kind of put your own creative flavor on onto it. Am I hearing that right? I, th-
1: I think there's, yeah, the pros and cons. Like I I do like aspects of it, but there can be a thing where... Uh, Once Steve presents his idea It's it's a pretty complete thought It's not Mm -hmm. just like Oh hey check out this riff Let's write this song together It's more of I've sat with this idea for weeks And perfected it to my ability And now I'm going to send it to you guys And then you can tinker with it And pick it apart Right. Um which comes with this challenges because what we call uh demoitis. Yep. Um mm-hmm. someone listens listens to a uh an idea that they've written and have you know toyed with for weeks or months and then you finally feel good enough about it to send it off to be critiqued and then people start making critiques and you're like, "Well, it's like I you know, like I made it this way and I sent it to you guys for a reason." right and and then it feels like this Well, like this doesn't feel like a collaboration yeah
3: it's more of a push pull
1: instead of like a (laughs) yeah collaborative work exactly so like it it does yeah it has its advantages for sure but i think yeah if if you were able or if steve was able to you know send ideas earlier on and allow everyone to contribute before it became a complete thought it could be it becomes something totally different right but sometimes he'll he'll write a four, almost like a four minute song and send it like here is a it's a full song that i wrote it's like a demo program drums vocals full like almost full production like strings
0: right
1: it's like dang this is like a full song <laughs> what is, yeah. what what do you want us to do it's like yeah it's like well just like if you guys had any ideas or like do you think it's cool or like yeah it's sick <laughs> yeah. it's like a full song you know, like, it, what you, like, yeah, you did it, you it's, did it, it right. sick. it's done yeah. man <laughs> it's this is like 98% done like maybe there's like a few cool like things that I would want to do as a drummer just like yeah maybe I wouldn't want to play this so like I'll program something different or um, maybe maybe like structurally we might chop it up a bit but yeah we've we've had some songs that are like that And then we've had some, like I said, that he'll send like a 30 to 45 second snippets. Yeah. It's like, here's just like a riff that I think is cool. I want to build off of it. I don't really know what to do yet, but I just want you guys like, what do you guys think about this? So I think those have more uh, room for growth. Right. And more of that collaborative, like, Oh, this is sick. Like we could do something like this after that afterwards or whatever, but he's, he's a, a really great songwriter so if he sends a four minute full demo of a song like full-on riff chorus like every idea is fully formulated then well, you're I mean like, yeah, it's good. Is, so yeah. You're like, this is fine. I guess like a, maybe like a seven <laughs> out of ten, but <laughs> <laughs> he just he's a really good songwriter and he's really creative and he's he's also very critical of himself. So he's not right. gonna send he's not gonna send that unless he's listened to it probably hundred. Den- right. He's listened to it a hundred times. So when he sends it to us and we finally have some sort of feedback, he's like, Well. I kind
0: of, you know, <laughs> it's like, I already went through I've already yeah. it. I've already listened to I've already listened to it. I've already
1: been sitting with this for like a month. So I've, I've done everything I possibly could. Right. I've tried, I've tried every vocal melody I could. And this is what I settled on. <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah, cool. Then I don't have any feedback. It sounds great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I think, well, oh, cause we still, we still got to talk about August Burns Red. So
3: I want to wrap who? up. You've never gonna get there. <laughs> never, We're gonna get there. Uh, you, Are you aware you of, the, of the movement? Have, we a, <laughs> <burning>? <laughs> oh my god! It's there. I think that's burning. There it is. There it is. Are
0: you aware of the movement? Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to talk? I mean, uh, Wolves of the Gate just came out with a new record like a week ago, right, or like two weeks ago?
2: Last year.
3: Last year.
1: Um, it was last year.
3: Oh Jesus! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kylan has a. He, he's got a toddler
1: i did
0: I, no. <laughs> I, I i swear it just came out did it not just come out no, it hold on i don't trust any of you guys okay, i'm well, looking it up so i'm looking it up hold on i'm gonna google it
1: we they put out we put too. out a christmas song and combined it with a few other previous christmas songs that we'd put out so it's like an ep i guess like a christmas ep but the record came out last year
0: wait it's not 2021 Currently, I don't know what day it is even.
1: <laughs> Wait, what <laughs> What timeline do you live
0: in? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it feels like we're communicating through time. Yeah, it's like that movie correct. Frequency with Dennis Quaid. Um, I was, was going to say, Dennis I was gonna say Den- Ken Den- Ken not Dennis Quaid, but the one with uh, Keanu Reeves. The Lake, the house? Yeah, the
0: the lake, lake house. house? Yeah. The Lake House. Yeah. This feels yeah. like a very Lake House situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you guys came out with an album last year. Um, it's great.
1: Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I just listened to it gold. this week, so I nice, finally it. listened to it. Look, I've I enjoyed been a fan. it. I've been a fan for like a full week. I mean, <laughs> hey, it's no it's no
0: the thesis, but you know, oh, it'll gosh.
2: do. <laughs> gosh.
1: We're actually putting out a uh, a cover record. Um it hasn't been announced yet, but that's something that we had a lot of fun with. It was is more out of boredom, but also yeah, kind of a covid thing that had spiraled you know through the last year or so um we wanted to put out more music records it's it's really fun because we picked a lot of like early 2000s like late 90s it's like jimmy world muse foo fighters incubus stuff like that awesome and we try to do it justice we try not to just like make it like a metal version of this or like you know pop pop goes punk or something. Right. Mm -hmm. We tried not to just like make it ironically just, Oh yeah, this is just the metal version, but artistically and, you know, try to make showcase musicianship and like actually make it a cool version. So yeah, that should be announced within the next few months. We're getting mixes back currently and then probably will come out like in the summer, but
0: nice. Okay. uh, Is there anything you want to like, do you want people to, follow any social media stuff do you want do you have anything to plug besides your record that came out last year and your covers record that's coming out
1: no y'all be bored if you follow me i don't ever post i post some stories every once in a while but you don't you don't <laughs> want to bore yourself with that. don't worry
0: i'm gonna promote it anyway uh so i think we're gonna wrap it up from all of us here at cjn uh, may all your favorite bands stay together peace out mon frers.
1: peace out mon frers.